Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible has thousands of book titles for you to listen to, as well as podcasts, guided wellness programs, and so much more. You guys know that I love a good story, obviously, and I know you probably do too, because you uh, wouldn't be here otherwise. But if you're also like me, you probably don't have enough time in the day to get in all the stories that you want to uh, be a part of. Audible gives you the gift of not only a good story, but your time. Plus, sometimes you can find great stories or just general books read by your favorite actor, because who doesn't want to listen to Romeo and Juliet read by Richard Armitage? So, just for being awesome listeners, you guys can now also get a 30-day free trial of Audible using the Fangirl Faves code. Just go to audibletrial.com slash fangirlfaves to start your 30-day free trial today. Welcome to another episode of Fangirl Faves. Chloe here, and we're gonna have um, we're gonna go all over the place today, as we usually do. But this is not really relevant to anything that I've recently watched, except we're going to talk about things that were prompted by a book I'm reading. I started recently the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. And I started it a while ago as an audiobook, and the library returned it, and literally it's been on hold ever since. So, didn't finish reading it that way, or listening to it, so I finally got a hold of the hard copies, and here we are. So, this is the thing. I love young adult fiction. I think it's great. I have no shame in it. I'm thoroughly enjoying these books. We are not talking about these books today because I want to finish them because these characters are going to have a serious arc. There's so much betrayal. (laughs) But I will not give anything away, mostly because I don't really know what happens. Okay, I'll give a little bit of something away. So if you haven't read past the first book, cover your ears. Don't listen. Okay, for those of you that are still listening, As you know, after the first book, or at the end of the first book, we basically learn that Prince Maven Kalore has been playing everyone, which I had a feeling the entire book. I got serious, like, Loki vibes, like Thor Loki, serious Loki vibes. I was like, he's shady, and definitely something's going to be wrong, and it did so here i am in the third book i don't even remember what the title of the third book is like king's cage yeah i'm in king's cage and we are getting to see maven as our villain and i just kind of like he's really annoying but i also really like his position as a villain because of 
the relationship he has with our heroes. A lot of times we get villains that are just um, jealous or they're detached. They are um, just seeking world domination or, you know, something like that. But I personally thoroughly enjoy a good villain because arguably a hero or your protagonist is only as good as its villain. Okay, that's not true. But a hero with a good antagonist, I think, is better. <laughs> um, and for we will use this as another example, is another young adult series. I love the Mortal Instruments and Infernal Devices series. I think they are fabulous. The latest series by Cassandra Clare following different characters, Emma shoot don't remember her last name but anyway this there is a lack of uh tension with her and this villain because it's unknown and yes that can be like tension building but it's not the same as the main villain being uh like clary's father or in the case of the red queen mayor who is the main character mayor barrow Establish sort of feelings for Maven, who she thought he was. So for most of the, like the second book, she is struggling with. She knows that Maven is evil now, and obviously they need to defeat him and beat him and save these people. Um, but uh, she also is longing for the boy she was. She wishes he still was who she thought he was. So, even if he gets more irritating, as in, like, really messing things up, um, I think that I am definitely going to enjoy this because, I mean, even aside from the fact that, like, his brother and that relationship, um, because that also makes him, has that whole different type of relationship with Cal, and um, I'm excited to see how it turns out. But anyway, this has led me to think about all these other villains that we kind of love to hate. Um, because, again, they really are what make our hero the hero of the story. You know, I mean, like, Sam and Dean and Supernatural have a lot of different villains they face. But Lucifer is arguably, like, the, the, the pinnacle. Like, they, everything kind of happens because of their initial um, opposition to his, like, you know, apocalypse plan. And it becomes very personal for them there. But let's talk some of my favorites. I know that there are some good ones out there. I mean, like, there are the... Classics, because they're just a good villain, I mean, like, Sauron and Vader, they're just good, good villains. But let me talk about some of my favorite ones um, that just stick out to me. Arguably, some of these become anti-heroes. Maybe, kind of. Um, but, for example, we will just start with the classic well-known 
Darth Vader. Initially, when you watch episodes four, five, and six, he's just menacing, mysterious, scary, bad guy. That is all um, you then learn he's Luke's father, but you still don't really know anything about him, so you feel more bad. More bad? You feel bad for Luke, and not necessarily Vader, but eventually we get the prequels. And we learn about Anakin Skywalker, who Vader, who is Vader. Vader is Anakin. Anakin is Vader. Um, and that adds this entire new level of pain and even tension to 4, 5, and 6. Because Anakin didn't necessarily, I mean, he did turn to the dark side. Didn't necessarily ask for everything else that happened to him. and. He did love Padme, and he was excited about having children with her. So, the tragic backstory of having become so twisted that, you know, like, this only way that you think that you're going to get your son back is not turn away from the dark side, but get him to join you, (laughs) which that's all kinds of other deep Star Wars theories we can go into and we can do some analysis of Vader's psyche, but I think that you watch 4, 5, and 6, you appreciate the fact that he's just a cool villain. Not even a villain. After you kind of, I mean, you could argue. Anyway, but he is a very cool antagonist, but he's also a puppet on his strength, on Palpatine's strength, and eventually you learn that he has had everything that he cared about taken away from him, and now his oh, he's so twisted that his only son, he can't even get his son back that he wants, and his son wants him to come to the light side, but he's still, um, and I'm not saying we should feel bad for the villains, but in terms of Luke, he doesn't ever learn necessarily about his father's entire backstory at least that we know there might be some like non-canon books that explain that um but yeah so just that entire relationship makes i mean just like the first time you watch star wars and he's like luke i am your father you're like (gasps) because that's a twist he's not just this um uh emotionless and connectionless villain so on the note of emotionless and connectionless, let's go to the opposite end. <laughs> and I, I'm not ashamed, but also this character. So Once Upon a Time, ABC's Once Upon a Time. Many people were big, big fans. It has a pretty big cult following. I, I did. I used to love the show. Um, until about like season four and it started going off the rails i'm pretty sure i don't know what happened like it just went way off the rails but the one character besides captain hook um that is always enjoyable to watch and whose arc is super interesting to me and who is especially good seasons one two three 
was Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin. So first and foremost, we just have to say that Robert Carlyle playing Rumpelstiltskin and his like weird contacts and hair and being painted gold is probably one of the like coolest. I mean, Robert Carlyle's played some pretty cool characters, but like I love Rumpelstiltskin. I also love his connections to I will appreciate once upon a time storytelling here is how he's the beast and the crocodile and he's all these other villains. Um but at the core he's Rumpelstiltskin. So the cool thing that about Rumpelstiltskin besides the thing that besides the fact that he has a shtick of um all magic comes at a price um and he's out of his ever loving mind um is he didn't become a villain out of dastardly deeds necessarily, but he was basically a coward. And arguably most villains are cowardly because they are selfish. Um, but this is a whole other level that like basically he didn't want to be a coward anymore. And so he took on the Dark One's dagger, which twisted him into the monster and the frankly difficult person to deal with we see his character progress that's the one benefit of it being a tv show is that you see him find love you see him have a family and you see him still up until whatever the heck is happening in season seven um trying to get rid of this thing that shaped him into someone he really wasn't so he is a villain that I enjoy because you can have moments where you sympathize with him. Um, and he's always like tensed at the head of everyone. I love villains who are actually difficult um, to nab. It's not just um, a like Megamind type villain. Like we're just going to blow the city up kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I just think gold, despite all the chaos that happened in that show and the weird things that happened i think gold is the best villain and also i mean i know he becomes like one of the main characters in the heroes um and so does regina but she was also a great villain but he still is kind of always pushing his own agenda so i think he still deserves the antagonist category before we talk about my last two and some honorable mentions. Um, let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back. So, honorable mentions for good villains, but not ones that I personally um, just like when I watch something, I'm like, wow, this story would not be the same without this villain. Um, I mean, all our superheroes have some really good antagonists. Again, like Obadiah Sane in the first Iron Man. I think that is a great, um, that was a great twist because it was personal and it hurt more. It hurt Tony more. Um, I think the Joker is a great villain for Batman, which, I mean, there's a reason that he's the most well-known villain. Um, and it's because he wasn't I mean, he was chaos and not anything um, that could really be 
stopped under Batman's current uh, sort of moral codes and he didn't really have a goal. He just was chaos. And I think that that's um, in that context, a great villain. People tell me Thanos is a great vision. Villain? Villain. Wow. Uh, I can see he was a good villain in the context he gave us a great epic with closing out some of our adventure adventures with our Marvel heroes. But I think that uh, some of the individual villains, like even just like Hydra as a whole, is a better villain. Um, because that's terrifying because it infiltrated the government and no one knew it. Um, but oh yeah, and like this is also supernatural. But Crowley, I don't care. I love Crowley. If you watch Supernatural, like Crowley is honestly my favorite. I'm still mad about what they did. He's not their friend. No matter what he did, <laughs> I think he is still always a demon. He's always the king of hell, and he is never to be considered a good guy. Even if he helped them, it was generally self-serving, man, till the end for the most part. But um, he's just an amusing villain. Not really anything important or emotional. Same thing with Klaus Michelson on the Vampire Diaries. Yes, I watch Vampire Diaries and the originals. And I love Klaus <laughs> way more than I should. But, excuse me, um, in Vampire Diaries, he's most definitely a major villain um, coming after the main characters you love there. But Joseph Morgan is just so freaking charming. And Claroline is to use a stupid Riverdale quote, Endgame. Blech. I can't believe I just said that. But Claroline is the ship that never sailed. And despite the fact that Klaus gets an entire series as this anti-hero with a horrible temper, he is still a villain in Vampire Diaries. And he really does mess up a lot there, but we literally love him. We may not hate him. We may love him more than we hate him. So, this brings me to my top two favorite villains that we love to hate, I love to hate, and I kind of just also love. So, I've already mentioned Loki. I mentioned that Maven gives off serious Loki vibes, the shunned and forgotten prince, quiet, calculating and very murdery. I stand Loki to the day he dies till I die. Um he obviously arguably no, he is. I will accept this that he moves in the end to be accepted as a hero in Thor Ragnarok. But it doesn't change all the people he killed in Avengers, even if he was under some sort of mind control, Loki still um, was always 
very calculating and pushing his own agenda. But the reason I think he was a great villain is because you really never knew whose side he was on because he kind of cares about Thor. There are questionable moments where it's, is he under mind control? Is this his actions? Um, is he really being self-serving or is he just using that image? And I, I honestly would also just be okay if like this Loki series that we're getting is all the times of him just like wreaking havoc just for the sake of it and still being very much like an anti-hero or a villain. I would be down with that because he was like chaotic evil almost in Avengers. Right? Yeah. Eventually he becomes kind of a neutral chaos. I don't know. This might just be because I love Loki, but one villain, my top villain, that I could talk for days about because we have him in literature and also multiple films is Jim Moriarty. James Moriarty, whatever version you read or watch, is one of my favorite villains to ever exist. Particularly Andrew Scott's portrayal of him in the BBC Sherlock. So guys, I'm a Sherlock fan. I have read a lot of Conan Doyle's books. I have watched uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. I have seen other adaptions of Sherlock Holmes. And really more and more, I appreciate what they did in the BBC Sherlock. Especially with Moriarty. And the reason Moriarty is one of the best villains in my mind is because not only is he this powerful, um, chaotic, but calculated force that no one can seem to pin down who is... um, killing people he's causing government havoc but he is this juxtaposition to Sherlock Holmes he is what everyone kind of accuses Sherlock of being at least in the BBC you see this is that many people accuse him of being this sociopath and like you know in the first season um one day we'll be standing around a body and Sherlock Holmes will be the one who put it there um Everyone thinks that Sherlock is this very unfeeling, calculated, um, do-it-for-the-high kind of person. But one of the great things the BBC series does is point out that that is not true. Moriarty, like, and it shows us what that actually would be through Moriarty. So in addition to him being um, Sherlock's equal uh, mentally, almost, which is always the case in no matter which version of Sherlock you're uh, enjoying. (laughs) Um, He's always the cold, calculated opposite of Sherlock Holmes. Both of them need that. It's also almost, it's been a long time since I've read one of the books, but it's also almost the, like, threat 
to Charlotte, like, this is what you could have become or could become um, if you didn't allow yourself. He's a little more emotional in the BBC version than he is in the books. But, I mean, at least that we see it. Uh, but I just, I mean, Andrew Scott Moriarty, his facial expressions, his threats, his, you know, quips in the moments of, like, being hung off the side of the building or having a gun pointed at him or, you know, when he gets off a helicopter at a top-secret military base that he probably, as a very powerful criminal, like, fixer, should not know about. But he does. And somehow, he, even in death, manages to ruin lives. But despite the fact that he's really cool and amusing in that version, in the books and in other versions, he's just, um, he is one of the few people that can infuriate and break Sherlock's shell. And this is one of those main cases where Sherlock Holmes especially in some versions that we watch him, like movies and television series, would not be the same. We would not feel the same about him if we didn't have a villain like that. It's essentially a traumatic experience that he goes through every time he interacts with him, and he has to come back down from that. So, like, his friend almost getting blown up, him jumping off a building um, to, you know, like, he shot himself in the head in front of him, like all of this to play the game and Sherlock has to not only still solve the case but he has to deal with the fallout um mentally even even if he arguably is not depending on uh what camp you reside in if he's more emotional or not but like he still has to deal with it and I think that is a great villain because he is not only challenging our protagonist but he is also, um, he, they also establish this connection. Like, one of my favorite parts is on the rooftop in the Reichenbach Falls where um, Moriarty tells Sherlock, like, no, you're on the side of the angels. And Sherlock very menacingly steps up and says, I may be on the side of the angels, but don't. But, oh, shoot, I forgot the line. <gasps> But he basically says, I may be on the side of the angels, but don't think for a second that I'm one of them. Um, and Moriarty, before he literally commits suicide, is like, thank you. Like, you are me. Like, we're the same. And then he commits suicide. And then he has to leave Sherlock with, oh, I just, I can't even, I don't even. I think I need to rewatch that episode. It's such a good gut-wrenching episode, honestly. But, um, yeah. So, now that we've talked about all the horrible people <laughs> that we watched, that I watched, what are your favorite villains? I know that there are some out there, um, like I said, that are just, like, the classics, like, and also just 
there's good antagonists like you watch Mission Impossible or like a James Bond movie one or two of those might have like a good villain but those are not the same because they tend to not have this connection with our heroes um like Thor has with Loki Mare has with Maven and Sam and Dean have with Lucifer and yeah Sherlock has with Moriarty so that's all I got for you guys today be sure to let me know your favorite villains that you love to hate on Instagram at fangirlfaves. And until next time, bye guys. <laughs>